are now listening to the West Side of T H A AfterParty.com. Hey everybody, this is Perky of Perky Perspectives Radio Show. I want you to tune in with me every Sunday from 4 to 5 p.m. We'll be talking about ownership, black wealth, mental health, traveling, and of course creativity. So reach out to me. I'm here to uplift you. And I'm repping for the west side of the After Party Radio Show. West side. Whoa. Okay. Hey, everybody. Let me put my professional voice on. <laughs> um, this is Perky of Perky Perspectives. I'm here with my friend, New Jay. And, um... So you guys actually, I played his music a few weeks ago, so you had a slight introduction to him already, so I'm going to let him introduce himself in a second, but for anybody that's new, anybody that knows me and just doesn't know how to find me, or all of the above, once again, it's Perky Perky Perspective, so I have a radio show, which is here on the After Party West Side, and I also have a podcast. So if you want to listen to either the radio show or the podcast, you can follow me on Apple Podcasts, Google Play. My Patreon is uh, being worked on, but I have a website, perksofwellness.org. I'm also on Radio Public. I'm on Spotify, and soon come, I'm going to be on Pandora as well. And then if you want to watch me live, I'm on Facebook at uh tony perks so if you do facebook.com slash perky sexy cool you can find me or you can find me on the after party website as well they also have a twitter instagram and an app and it's t-h-a the after party okay so go find me on there as well and um i'm also on periscope i got a periscope perky perspectives hey (laughs) i'm on there live as well so follow me subscribe like comment do all of the above please it helps to bring visibility to not only myself but to the guests that i bring as well because they play their music they come they share their art their talent i had a stylist on here and as on my podcast i've had several other people so just even liking commenting and subscribing to the podcast will allow for not only me but their businesses to uplift and that's the whole point we want to help to uplift our people and give more visibility to our 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 melanated folks like what else do i say so welcome my guest new jay he's an artist and i'm gonna let him introduce himself what's up y'all my name is new jay i'm saying i'm here from the bay area i'm saying that's like five hours north yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I act, sing, dance, write music. I'm just, uh, you know, I guess if I was to describe myself, I'd say I'm young, black, and ambitious. Hey. You know what I'm saying? Just dropped a single called Faded. Go check that thing right. out. Hey, y'all gonna hear it in a second. In Don't a even second, trip. You feel me? Uh, <laughs> it's on Apple Music, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, etc. All that good stuff. Talk about Google me, basically, right? Yeah, you know, just Google <laughs> your boy, New Jakes. I got one of them names that you can just... Don't nobody else have that name. You know what I'm saying? That's what makes it unique. It's N U apostrophe J A Y. You know, blacks, we got to put an apostrophe in it to make it look right. exotic. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, where are you from? California? No. Yeah, Bay Area. <laughs> uh, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Google. You feel me? Like I said, type in New J, New J Ambitious. 
know what I'm saying? And my beautiful face will pop up. Right. And speaking of ambition, you looking like ambitions of a writer with this. What's it called again? Uh, it's a tie beanie. You know, this, this beanie. Tupac expired. Yes. Tupac inspired. Excuse me. So I just seen it and I was like, I got to bring that back. And I, you know, I make it work. So. Yeah, we look like we about to go shoot a 90s music video. Oh, yeah. I'm all about the culture <laughs> for sure. For sure. So, um... Just like for people who don't know me personally, I actually met New Jay. Was it even? No. Was it even this year? No. It was no, like it was, last it was October. year. It's October. It's wow. Like October like 4th, I think. I was on a Monday at that. Live Mondays. Yeah, yeah. So me and my business partner, Tahira, actually Tahira and some of her other business partners from New York, they started Live Mondays in New York. Shout out to NYC. And... She moved to California and she brought live Mondays out there. So it was not um, bi-coastal. So when I moved back to California, I started helping her with the live Mondays events. And I would host, I would do, you know, my mic stuff, my MC work. And we had a whole bunch of other people playing in, coming in, bringing their music, their talents. We've had violinists, we've had rappers, we've had painters, all of that come to live Mondays. And it was such a vibe and so dope. And... That's why I tell people, like, go to events and network and make sure you get to know the people that live in your neighborhoods and everything like that. Because you never know how long those relationships are going to last because that was a year ago, a year and a month ago. And look at you now. Like, we still vibing. We still on each other's platforms and still helping to build and grow together. So super dope. Shout out to Live Mondays. What song was you even what music did you have at the time? I was I was performing Faded and another single that's dropping. Some months later, uh, it's called Come With Me. So Faded wasn't out back then. Nope. You were working on it. Yeah, I was working on it, testing it out, seeing what I can do to improve it, and seeing people was vibing to it. Okay. So So what was the reception then compared to now? Like, is it growing, or did you have to go back and fix some stuff? I I fixed some stuff, but that was, like, my personal thing. So I'm, like, I'm real, like, like OCD type thing. I got to, like, it got to be just right. You know right. what I'm saying? But people like it. People was jamming to it, dancing to it. I love seeing people groove to my music. You right. Know? So How long had you been doing music at that time? Man. So, like, I've been singing all my life, really. You know, like, you know, you black. You grew up in the Baptist church. Right. You know? <laughs> like, you and born. You come out singing. You feel me? Like, yeah. So, my parents just sing in the choir. And, like, I didn't like sitting in the congregation by myself. So, I just joined in the choir. So, I wanted to be by myself. Mm-hmm. My parents in there. I'm just scared to be in there by Are myself. Are you only child? Nah, I got two older brothers. We got the same mom, different dads, and I got a sister who got the same dad, different moms. Okay. So, yeah, you know, mixed family. And uh, when I came, I served in the military for three and a half years. So I started doing music in Japan, actually. Mm. And that's where I found out, like, I can really do this. I heard the Japanese love us. Why you didn't stay out there? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, man, because you started really, a business in Japan. Nah, like real, like, real stuff, though. Like, I felt like it was so easy to get away from home and just stay over there. I felt like I was running away from my dream, which is over here. Because, mm. like, the market for African-Americans in Japan pursuing music is not, it's slim to none unless you flew in in Japanese. Oh, and you weren't? Nah, I knew a little, you know. Uh, Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. <laughs> Ohio. Uh, arigatou gozaimasu. Uh, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah, so. That's I mean. crazy. You know, yep. that's funny you say that. I know a Jamaican person living in Japan right now, and oh, yeah. they speak Japanese, and it's the wildest thing to hear a Jamaican oh, accent yeah. speaking Japanese. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. wait, hold on, what, huh? Like, nah, that's real. We, we deep out there. We, we deep out there, but like I said, like a lot of them, they learn the language quick, and I, like, I got to stop everything I'm doing in the world to focus on Japanese. Yeah, it's you know an intense it's language. It's difficult, yeah. Shoot, the little, the, yeah. the verbiage, like, it sounds more so than really, like, the way we speak. 
Yeah. Right? right okay, yeah. yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna be humming. Y'all gonna think I'm saying something. I'm yeah. trying to make it work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Faded came out officially recently. Yeah, it came out on the first. I had that song since like early 2017. Why do you hold on to it for so long? Not understanding how the music works and how to like drop stuff, who to talk to about it. I don't want to just put something out there and then not know how to push it, not learn about it. So I have right, to you like, myself. I'm releasing music, but you didn't really yeah. release it. You just posted it. Right, right, <laughs> right, right, right. So it actually officially released and it's streaming on all platforms and I'm promoting myself, putting the money behind it. And on top right. of that, word of mouth, just DMing people, at, I guess you can say spamming people, asking them to, to listen to it and if they like it, repost it and share it. Nice. Okay, so what would you say to artists that kind of were like you? Because I, I did a little bit of what you did, too. When I first started my podcast, I actually started it in October, I think, of 2017, mm -hmm. right before I moved back. And I held on to it for a few months before I actually published right. anything. Right. And it was probably similar to you. It was like, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm right. scared. I don't like the way I sound. Is this good? All these things. So it's like, what advice do you have for people that are just holding on to their talent and they haven't pushed it out there yet? Man, so like a homeboy told me this. Shout out to my homeboy, Brendan Russell. He's a comedian. He listened to the song and he was like, bro, what are you doing with that song? And I was like, nothing. He said, bro, what good is that song doing sitting in the file in your phone away from the rest of the world? Mm. And I was like, dang. I said, all right. So then that, that sparked me. And then another homeboy of mine, shout out to Malik Rose. He said, bro, you can have the hottest song in the world, but if no one hears it, it's not the hottest song. I was like, damn. Right. So I just started educating myself. You know what I'm saying? Educate yourself on how to release your music. Talk to people, get people who's experienced that knows, you right. know, stuff about the music industry. Don't just put it out there and just hope it just just magically blows up because mm -hmm. it's not going to happen. You got to actively push it. So that's what I would recommend. Actively push it and educate yourself. And I would add to that as well that if you are if you nervous that somebody's going to steal your stuff oh, or, yeah. you know, and which is a true fear. Trust me, it's mm -hmm. definitely valid. I would just say go go to the clerk's office. Go file you a DBA, LLC, association, whatever you need. Protect your stuff first. Make sure you encrypt it or already upload it. What's the – where do musicians upload their music? Y'all uh, got like the BBS or some something like that. Oh, you're talking about BMI, BMI and uh, ASCAP? Yeah. That's, ASCAP, yeah. Y'all got to read on that, though, because it's, it's a little different. Like it's a little different when it comes to artists and then songwriters and publishers. It's a little different. But if you do want to copyright your song the cheapest way – Go to the post office. Well, no. Burn you a CD with your music on there. Go to the post office send and then send it to yourself yep. with the stamp on there and everything yep. and just hide that bad boy somewhere where you can easy access in case you got to go to court. That's the same way if you're an artist. Like, I have logos that I've made. Like, you guys see this one. Um, I've had one. My mom is a um, notary so i had her notarize some stuff for me then i went to the post office and i sent it to myself that same way because we you know we starving artists <laughs> right, that part. so i was like nobody can afford to do the official trademarks and copyrights and things like that just yet and that's fine you right. know different strokes for different folks we all at different levels but like he said just go ahead Send it to yourself. Like, if you feeling nervous and you don't know what to do to protect yourself, just do that. And then if you feel like you need to have a manager or if you feel like you need any help to uplift yourself, go on Fiverr. Right. Go, you know, go look for something. Shout out to some people and see who they have. If you already know artists, go check them out because they probably already have a manager or somebody that's helping them. Right. And then go ahead and do that push. Do a budget. Right. Do the push. Also, Eventbrite. Look on Eventbrite. Type in networking events or something like that. 
And that's how, that's how I met Perky. So just do that, you know what I'm saying? And just find different events and go to them boys and just reach out to people, you know what I'm saying? Pick people's brains and stuff. Exactly. That's dope. Congrats on that. Oh, yeah. Congrats on finally putting it out. Oh, yeah. Thank it's you. Definitely hard to um, get that out. So, um, so, yeah, for any other artists that are looking to play their music or have it uplifted on a platform, you can definitely shout me out or the after party. My um, Gmail is perkyperspectivespod at gmail.com. You can send me your music. You can hit me up on Instagram, perkysexycool, whatever it is. Reach out to me. I love posting people's music. If you've been listening, I've been playing a lot of artists that I know. Like, I try not to play too many people that I don't know just because, it's not really a benefit to that. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. like they don't know I'm playing their music and they don't know me. And it's like I want to pick people that I know for sure are like independent. They're trying to put something out. They're doing the work and maybe they just haven't gotten the recognition. Because I don't know. I don't listen to the radio anymore. I don't know if y'all do. But it seems like when you turn the radio on, every 30 minutes is the same song. And that's tired. Facts. Facts. That's hella weak. Like, Facts. I'm, you know, these people are cool, but I feel like. Some of these artists wouldn't be the way they were today if the radio didn't spin their music constantly over and over and over again. It's like, would you really have that success if you didn't have that payola? Let's really talk about that. But whatever. I'll play your music. <laughs> so, so send me your music. We'll uplift you. And we have different things that you can work on if you want to get it played multiple times, if you want to do an interview. Also, if you're an artist and you want to just give feedback to the music that you do here on our platform, you can call in at 213-270-1969. And we could talk about it. You could talk to my guests. You could talk to me. We could just chat. Okay? So that's that part. Um, do you have any performances? That's coming up? No, not currently. So right now, like, my goal with the song, I got numbers written down that I have that I want to reach. So in order to do that, I've been, I've been looking at how to get on Spotify playlists, how to get on Apple playlists. So once your single gets on there, it's pretty much a hit because, right, it's yeah, it's going to just keep recycling and then people are going to see it. Yeah. So that's, that's my move right now. Um, just trying to figure out how to just move my single pretty much. I know that when I find an artist that I like, that's how I find other artists. Like, I go, right. like, Ari, Ari Lennox, for example. Like, I'll oh, go yeah. to Ari Lennox, and I'll be like, play playlist. And then I'll find all these other people. It's like, ooh, Nao. Ooh, like, who, who are all these people? Her and stuff. Like, I mean, I've been new about them now, but that's how I found a lot of these people. And that's how I find other people in different genres. Like, when I travel, I'm like, okay, I just heard this reggaeton artist, or I just heard this rapper from the UK or something. I'm like... I want to listen to more people like that. How am right. I supposed to find them if I don't know? Right. Go on the playlist. So that's true. I'm a, if I know, I'm going to definitely send you the info because that's – get me on there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, you got to have bread to get on the playlist too, though. You got to pay for it? Hell yeah. Oh, can I cuss on this? My bad. Yeah, My fault. you can. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, you got to have – you know what I'm saying? Like some playlists will be like, all right, cool. A Spotify playlist is like a mini playlist, $300. And then, like, maybe for that month, they'll cycle your stuff for just a month. And then next month, it might be another 300 Dang. Unless you know somebody that works for Spotify and can just slip your shit in there. Right. You know what I'm saying? So That's crazy. You know, you made me just think about the Hollywood Walk of Fame when you said that. Because I've seen a lot of people recently get a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And I'm like, they just handing them shits out. And then I found out you got to pay for it. And it just makes you think about all nah. the systems. Yes. So Eddie Murphy, Snoop Dogg, Will Smith. I don't know what they're. No, 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 no. I don't know if you go up to them and you're like, I have $2,000. I want to pay for my star. Or if it's rather, we're going to give you a star, but you have to pay your little, like, the space. You have to pay for the space and the maintenance and 
<laughs> we live in a capitalist society. You should not be surprised. I'm not about to pay you to put concrete. Nah, hell no. Nah. I just, nah. So if you done won a whole bunch of uh, awards and stuff and you wanted to have your star down, and by that time you're a millionaire, and they said, oh, you just got to pay about 1000 a year for your star. I want star. more than just a square. I want like a whole like sidewalk dedicated to New Jay Ambitious. You want that, that top part where you got to put your finger in my face. In. I want like my teeth imprinted in there. <laughs> just lay flat. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I guess I do. It's Hollywood. I mean, you willing to pay for the Spotify spins? But that's, the, I'm trying to get on though. These people are already on though. You know what I'm saying? Like, but they want to be remembered past their time. We, like you walk down Hollywood now and you'll see names that you like, huh? Humphrey Bogart, I've heard of his name. Why do I know him? And then you go, you get is. compelled to look it up. You'll never forget Michael Jackson. You'll never forget Will Smith, Eddie Murphy. These are people that already, you'll never forget them. How are you going to forget them? You're saying that now, though, but you're alive to see them now. That is true. What about like that part. 100 true. years from now? And your great-grandkids are like, Eddie Murphy? He ain't nobody. We got what's-his-face now. That You're not going to want to be like, let's go down true. to Hollywood. Well, you might not be alive back 100 years from now. But it's <laughs> possible. You know, black don't crack. It don't. Unless you're doing crack. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to talk about that. We don't, we don't need crack. Crack we, Crack is whack. Crack we is gonna, whack. We're going to quote Whitney. Crack is whack. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, speaking of being remembered and just knowing, like, our history, I spoke a little bit about, about Black Wall Street last um last radio show i don't know why i said it like that it's my last show <laughs> i talk about the black wall street and i decided i think it's really important that we kind of touch on that a little bit more because i kind of skimmed over it because i just didn't really realize how many people did not know about black wall street and i think it's i think it's fine to know that you don't know but i don't think it's cool to not go and look it up and I kind of mentioned that last time, too. And so I want to touch on it more. And I also want to just talk about, like, what that means for our history and what that means for us moving forward. You know, having things like Black Wall Street. And now we have all these, like, I, I touched on it last week that 2018, we had this, like, huge surge of black entrepreneurs. And it's just expected to continue to grow. I think it was over 2 million or something like that. And so it's like, okay, we have all these people coming out that's creating businesses that are trying to be successful, and we need protection. We need to know what did we do the first time? What didn't we do? Like, how do we make it different moving forward so that we are successful? Because, you know, they say um, entrepreneurs within when you start a business, some people don't even make it outside of that first five years. And we want to be more successful than that. We know that our black dollars go a really long way. We know that we have true influence over the markets and what is being bought, what is being sold. That's like all based upon us. So if we're going to be the entrepreneurs and now we're putting out the product and not just consuming the product, what do we need to do differently that's going to protect our brands, that's going to protect us so that we can make it past that five-year mark? Because I feel like if we have more support and if we just protected our communities better we would definitely have the longevity but we can't have longevity if we don't know what we did beforehand so before i get into that i was um i think i was just perusing social media and i saw something about michelle obama talking about white privilege so i found the quote so i'm gonna read that and then we're gonna talk about black wall street so 
This is Michelle Obama. She know, you know, she like everybody auntie. So, okay. So to quote her, she said, and I always stop there when I talk about this out in the world, because, you know, I want to remind white folks that y'all were running from us. So she's talking about gentrification. Y'all were running from us. This family with all the values that you've read about, you were running from us and you're still running because we're no different than the immigrant families that are moving in the families that are coming from other places to try to do better. And so we're going to pause for a second. So she's talking not only about gentrification. Um, she's talking also about the immigrants that are coming in and this white flight. Because you remember, like, white flight used to be they were leaving the cities Go and the going suburbs. to the suburbs. Right. And now they're coming back in <laughs> right. and they want us to leave. And it's like, hold on. What do you want? You want us to be here? You don't want us to be here. Same with the immigrants. You want the free labor or the cheap labor. You want to be able to outsource your businesses to their countries and travel to their places and see all the wonders. But then when people come here and then it's like, mm, why are they here? They need to go back home and all these things. And so she's touching on that. How you feel about what she said? About the white flight in I mean like the running the thing the thing that the thing that's crazy to me is like with gentrification well I'm from East Palo Alto that's up in the bay and um beautiful city and it's crazy how like it was it was it was dubbed an abandoned wasteland when blacks started moving in but all of a sudden Google moved in Facebook moved in my hood is literally in between those two corporates now they paying their employees to move into the hood and they're buying up areas of houses basically they'll, t they'll, tear it, they'll tear everything down and then build houses for employees to work yep. facebook and google all the blacks raise the rent up so they can't you know what i'm saying they can't afford it and then they get kicked out into like sacramento um stockton which is and considered in, in the valley stockton used to have the highest crime rate how is that right now oh no it's, it's called murder it's city still, oh it's, still it's, called, it's city? called murder city yeah <laughs> okay um it, it just it just messes me up because that doesn't help us progress i feel like they just pushing us out the way so you can get what they want right that's crazy you said that too because when i was living in new york and this was a little bit after i went to columbia there's a lot of projects around um harlem and around it's funny Harlem. I'm saying Harlem. Let's be clear on that because they're also trying to change the names of these areas. So um, in Harlem, where the school is located, they're now trying to call it Morningside Heights and they're trying to change all the names of things like New Harlem or whatever type of shit that they come in and they try to do. That's associated with black, right? Yeah. Everything, right. you know, they're trying to switch it up. But literally, if you go down the block from where Columbia is right on 125th and Amsterdam, Right up the street, you got Apollo, the Apollo Theater. But there's these project houses that's on the end. And then if you continue to go, there's also more projects right around where the Cotton Club was, um, which if you don't know, that's in one of the original jazz clubs. It's actually still there. It's right. one of like the last ones left. Right. But they're starting to move in the students. So now the projects are starting to be student housing. And you know what's going to happen after that. You right. know, it's just like a slow sweep. And it's crazy because before I left, I was living in Flatbush, New York. And Flatbush is like, it's real heavy with the Caribbeans, with the African culture. But also the actual neighborhood that I moved into, I didn't know. But it used to be crazy. It used to be probably like a little mini murder city. They, I heard some stories. And I remember I was walking home one day, and this blonde chick was walking in front of me. And I'm like, where's she going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, Hopefully she, over here. I'm following behind her like she's yeah. not about to. Wait, hold on. This, this bitch is starting. Like, yeah. I was shocked. Like, where is she going? And it's like, not that it's supposed to be any fear or anything like that. But I'm also just shocked that. 
our people are letting this happen. Like, even just on that basic, you know, you're coming into my neighborhood thing. Because if I walk by myself, then I might get, where are you going? Where your girl? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, where right. your grandma staying? Like, right. what hood you rep? And all these things. But a white girl, little Becky walking through, and she's just walking through all willy-nilly. Right. And it's like, they the ones that steal. Right. You you checking us, but you're not checking them. So it's this weird, like white flight. It, it's it's a whole bunch of little complexities that right. go into it with me. Right. When's the last time you went to Palo Alto? Uh, well, East Palo Alto. East Palo Alto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah that's all good. Uh, I would say um probably uh Christmas last year, December. Christmas. Yeah, yeah December. Wow. And okay, it was, so it's been a minute. I wonder what it's gonna look like when you go back. I know, right? And it's crazy because like literally. All, like all the back of East Palo Alto is like it's like all the marshland. It's a beautiful area, you know what I'm saying? It's all it's mostly whites back there, you know what I'm saying? And like all the blacks, they 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 leaving or like they can't afford it or you know like the hood, so called. It's like it's it's literally going away. It's just this, it's just wow. Like financial education is super important, y'all. Like stop worrying about these new cars. Cars literally depreciate once you buy them. Unless you're buying a classic, right. which most of us can't afford to just buy a classic as our first car. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. unless you're buying a classic, it's going to depreciate literally once you buy it. And most of the time, we get put in these contracts that don't make sense. We're renting, so we don't have any ownership. And that's, like, a big thing. Can't nobody run you out of your hood that you repping. You claiming this this street. You seeing your homies and shit die on these neighbor in these neighborhoods, and y'all don't even own property. Right. How you how right. you rep a set you don't even own nothing in? Yeah. Right. So it's like let's go back to the basics. Back when we used to actually build our shit and own our shit and do everything for ourselves, and let's learn from there. We don't need we don't need a car for everywhere. Like California, yeah, but you know if you if you ain't doing shit, you can ride with your mama somewhere. Like right. you can get on the bus, you can get on the train. You don't need to own a car. Get your money together own something because if somebody if little sally want to come through your neighborhood and she start canvassing the neighborhood talking about mm, what home is for sale y'all gonna have it secure and not just in your grandmama name and your grandmama don't even trust to give you the property because you over there gangbanging and killing people and shit let's stop like let's get back to the basics and let's own some stuff because it just breaks my heart because I know a lot of us can't afford to live in a lot of the suburbs and then the ones that we can afford to live in I don't want to live there Right. Like who? Nah. I'm not trying to live in the middle of Hesperia. Sorry. Like I ain't trying to live up the hill. I'm not trying to live in California City. I'm okay. You know. And for people who don't know that, it's the middle of nowhere. Think of Courage the Cowardly Dog. Like we living in the middle of nowhere. And it's like if you don't want that, you want to actually stay where you are. You gotta own something. It's just. Right. That's it. I mean, you can own your car. You can sleep in your car, I guess. No. Nah. <laughs> like, uh, that's not cool. That shit it's not. It's not that shit and most cool. of us don't own our car. Oh, no. I own mine. My car costs $1,000. Well, see, you did it the right way. Own but it. some of us don't. And it's like, if you don't, right. they can come take that too. So, and the windshield cracked on my shit. Ooh, yeah, mine is too. I just found a place that's kind of cheap, I'm going to tell you. I'll okay, tell you bet. <laughs> bet for sure. So we're going to go into For Us and talk about Black Wall Street, where ownership was the basis. Like, if you ain't have ownership, you probably wasn't living there. Perky Perspectives. Are you tired of working nine to five? Tired of making money for someone else? 
Feel like you went to school for how many years And only have debt to show for it Ready to just run away to some island and call it quits You must talk, come talk to me We trying to rebuild Black Wall Street This is for us, by us talk about black wall street and the reason why i want to talk about it is because we need to know about it so just some history for people who don't know black wall street was um located i guess it still is because they're definitely rebuilding and coming in there and trying to revamp it and bring it back so it's located in tulsa oklahoma um it's right next to greenwood so like it depends on like who you are (laughs) On what you're going to call it. Some people might say Greenwood. Some people might say Tulsa. I'm going to just say Black Wall Street to keep it less complicated. Um, Booker T. Washington had a hand in bringing it to life. He actually believed that we need to have some sort of what he called industrial capacity. And in order to secure our ownership and our independence. Mind you, this was in the early 1900s. So slavery had ended And a lot of us were trying to just figure out what's the next step. So some people, they didn't really know where to go. So I don't know. Some people don't, not a lot of people read up on what actually happened post-slavery. Like we know like that Jim Crow and things like that happened. But a lot of people don't know about Reconstruction Era. A lot of people don't know about the sharecropping. A lot of people don't know how we got our last names. And so definitely dive into that because... Like, I'm pretty sure my my last name came from that. <laughs> and so that's why a lot of people actually go in and change the name to X and things like that. But basically, he felt like we needed to have ownership and independence after, after slavery. So he helped to make sure that we secure some acreage, 4,000 acres to be specific. And it was in this area that was really close to Tuskegee. So if anybody knows, you know, we got the Tuskegee Airmen. We actually had um, Tennessee State was uh, integrated. No, it was a black black school. Yeah, it was a black school. So we had some education in that area, all these things. So they was like, why not? We need to have our own area. So around 1906 is when it was formally organized. And it just boomed. Like, it was amazing. It lasted until 1921. But in those two decades, it wasn't even really two two whole decades, but in those decades, we had about 10,000 black residents and ownership was just amazing. They had their own planes. They had pharmacies. They shoot. Oh, this is the person I was talking about last time. Dr. Barry. Okay. One doctor was Dr. Barry who owned the bus system. 
His average income was $500 a day, and that was back in 1910. I believe I looked that up, and it equated to around, don't let me lie, but it was, I believe, over 9000 a day. I'm going to do the math again while we're talking. But he made, at that time, $500 a day. Shoot, if I made $500 a day right now, yeah. that's still a good amount. Yeah. So, shoot, there's some people don't even make that in one week. And he was making that every day because he was not only a doctor, but he also owned the bus system. But they had their own medical schools. They had pawn shops. They had jewelry stores, 21 churches, 21 restaurants, two movie theaters. They had... Only two airports in Oklahoma, and there was six people that owned their own planes. Six people owned their own planes. And um, there were 600 businesses and 36 square blocks with a population of 15,000. Oh, it said 10,000 above. 15,000 African Americans. So just, like, hearing that already makes me want to just go over there right now. Yeah, right, <laughs> like, right, that part. Can we that just part. restart it? Facts, facts. <laughs> so, um... What did you hear about Black Wall Street? Because we talked about it a little bit before. Like, what did you know about Black Wall Street? Um, like, how it, like, what, what, give me, like, something like a specific question. Just like, period. Did you know about it? Did yeah. you know where it was? Um, like, I want to say my, my dad, my dad's from Alabama. So, okay. I mean, he, he, he kind of put it in my head about Black Wall Street and just successful black towns. Um, when I first heard of it, I was just like, man, that's, that's crazy. So, what, what happened to it? Like, why, why is it not? black wall street anymore right you know he was telling me about the destruction of it and stuff like that and then it dawned on me like the only the only way we can make white people happy is when like we're fighting because every time we come together in in harmony and unison they destroy it you know yeah, what i'm saying they can't make money off of our harmony right exactly right mm -hmm. exactly so i mean when, when i first heard about it it, it made me um I kind of got emotional or whatever because it's like, damn, like on the West Coast, there's only two black strongholds, Oakland and, and Los Angeles. That's where the most black people are on the West Coast. And it's like if we all came together and like all lived in one area, imagine like California wouldn't be as, as, as rich as it is because we're so separate, I feel like. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If we had our own, our own you know, entities of, of uh, institutions of like, say if we had our own factories, you know what I'm saying, had our own airport, stuff like that, we wouldn't have to be given – these other people are money. We can just keep it in our, our area. And they knew and they saw that. And that's a, a big key because um, another big thing about Black Wall Street with that was that it took almost a year for a dollar to even circulate outside of the community. That's crazy. And nowadays it takes less than 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, right. Y'all immediately get your money. It's like, whoop. And. To be fair, it's really easy because, shoot, I got my nails done this weekend, and I had a whole attitude the whole day. They didn't do nothing to me. They came and talked to me. I'm <laughs> because I'm just mad because it's just like, why, why, why is this y'all? Like, I'm counting the booths. Right. I'm like, okay, it's about 15 over here. Y'all got these little stations right here. Y'all doing eyebrows in the back. Y'all got your whole family up in here. So at any given time and within one hour of us getting our nails done, y'all might have 10 people seated. You making about 40 to $80 off of that one table and you got 10 people seated. And this is in a neighborhood that y'all don't even live in. Right. All the people inside the nail shop look like me. I'm giving my money to y'all and y'all don't come back and spend it in our neighborhood. Right. Y'all go and spend it in y'all neighborhood at right. the Chinese market or whatever ethnicity, Vietnamese, Korean, Chinese, whatever. Not us basically and so yeah 15 minutes is nothing but right. we don't own nothing even in our own neighborhoods 
I think uh, I think if you look at it, and I, I'm not totally sure. It's like an estimate, but I think Jewish people have the longest amount of, like, they have, like, the longest amount of days. I, I want to say it's, like, 20-some days their money stays in their community before it leaves. 27? 20-something days. I'm oh, not sure. See, and that's still less than the year. Like, we had it down packed. Right. That's, like, but I think we could do it. I think the biggest thing is if we were to have another community, and I was definitely praising this last time, we're going to need to bring Black Black Wall Street or something. Not Black right. Wall Street. Sorry, the Black Panther Party. Because we need security. Right. But we need it. <sighs> it's a touchy topic. <laughs> you know it's touchy. Yeah, it. it's crazy. We're going to need it, though. Because it's like, because every time we get together and do something, what happens? The you ghetto birds down. come around. The police come checking on it. We right. get noise complaints. Right. And sometimes we just sitting there having a good time. So you can't even go. If you're driving down the street, and this is so ingrained that it sometimes happens within our own neighborhoods. But if you're driving down the street and you see a gang of black people huddled up together sometimes like it's one or two things that happen depending on the day you're gonna either think what the hell is going on over there or you're gonna think it's a function like it's one or the other right, but like right, if you're not right. us and you're not thinking the function type right. you're just like what the hell is going on even we think that if i see a group of a group i'm like uh they tripping let me just go across the street over here because i might get robbed like and it's like i see that mentality it's that slave mentality right you know what i'm saying I'm looking at them like they're the enemy. I, we shouldn't think that way, but we taught to think that way. Right. And that separatism is like really what leads to our demise. That's and killing us. We got to bring it up because, shoot, we was talking about Rosewood too. So you want to yep. talk about that a little bit? Yep. So Rosewood, I mean, it's pretty much like, it's pretty much, it's pretty similar to Tulsa, except it's a lot smaller. You know I'm saying it was one of those black communities to where no one had to go outside of their community. Everything they needed was inside of, you know, where they're from or whatever. They had their own protection. They had their own markets and stuff like that. But and that the thing, was Florida, right? Right, that was Florida. But the thing that really messes me up is that they had a lot of stuff, but they still had to go to the white side of town to get maybe, you know, a couple things that they can bring it back to the, their community. And I feel like that kind of sucks because that makes them feel like they can still control us. Like, oh, these blacks need us mm -hmm. so we can deny them this or we can charge them more mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying because or poison it or whatever other you feel crap me? they be doing right exactly so i mean um if you watch the movie rosewood they showed like a scene that really bothered me so there was this white man in the movie that had an issue with this black person have, having a piano in his house because the black person can play it and he couldn't jealousy you know what i'm saying stuff like that it, it gets on my nerves you know and like, like uh, Tulsa, it was destroyed out of jealousy and hatred. And they was bombing. So we didn't even talk about the destruction. So for Tulsa, they came basically, like I said, like Tulsa, Greenwood, like that area is really close to each other. So the whites that was on the other end, they didn't have money. Actually, that's another thing. Right. They were like white trash. Right. And so they came and, and for people who listen on the podcast, I said that with the bunny quotes. But um, they they came and they was like, hmm, y'all got this. Right. Y'all got that. Right. We don't have nothing. Why do y'all have that? Y'all after slavery and y'all black and y'all own everything. And they basically started uh, starting fires. They was throwing little grenades, bombs. The, the airmen came and was dropping stuff in the area. Like within a day, <laughs> it was gone. Right. And because it was just, they tried to repair they had their neighbors and things like that was coming and trying to bring it back up to speed. I don't know why I wasn't fully able to to get back on track. Probably just too much destruction. Maybe insurance and stuff like that wasn't really a big thing back then. Right. I'm not sure. But that was basically when it kind of ended. And like I said last week, if you go and you look up 
um, Tulsa, there's actually grants that are being put out right now. There's businesses, nonprofits, and things like that that are trying to bring the energy back to Tulsa and bring the Black Wall Street back to the area. So definitely go and support. Even if you don't want to move to the area and start a business, you could probably find a business that's in the area that you could buy from or that you can help promote or donate to or anything like that because I'm with it. Right. How did Rosewood get destroyed? Well, I mean, it was it was the same thing. It started with a white woman. There was this white woman that was in the town or whatever who was cheating on her husband. So when her husband went to work, another guy came home and would be banging her out while her husband is away. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't shit. <laughs> And I think one day he had came over and he was upset about something. So he beat her. So and he beat her and raped her. So she's like, damn, my husband gonna come home and see me. What right. can I say? Oh, wow. We got Why these blacks. Do? Right, right. right. So she tell the sheriff. She goes outside screaming hysterical. Of course, everybody run to her aid. And she says it was one of the blacks over in the town that raped her. Well, naturally, her husband comes home, finds out. And then the lynch mob, you know what I'm saying? They all go to the black town looking for this, this so-called rapist. They're not getting any answers, so they start destroying stuff and killing innocent black people. And it's like, story of my life. Like, right. How many times does that happen? Even now. Like, that was when? Like, that's not even in the same century. And we still have the same shit happening. That's why I'm like, we need our own security. Because ain't nobody about to roll up in my house talking about, oh, we looking for a random black person. Hello, we all black over here. So now y'all just going to pick and choose until y'all y'all satisfied, right. which y'all not satisfied until y'all take everything. Right. And I'm not with that. So, you know, know your history. Look up more on Rosewood, on Black Wall Street. If you have anything to comment or add, like I said, you can hit me up. Or you can always call in. We still have some more time. 213-270-1969. So, because, you know... I can't leave y'all on a, on a note like this. You know, I'm a social <laughs> worker. I do mental health. You know, I, I try not to let people be all open and vulnerable without, you know, allowing for them to close back up and feel safe again. So we're going to switch the vibes and we're going to play Faded by Ooh. New Jay because it's hype. You know, it's still the weekend. We still got a little bit more time till yes. Monday. And... This is another way to promote our own Black Wall Street by uplifting a black business right. and a black artist right. that's doing big things. So, world premiere. Do your world premiere. Like we, um, world premiere. Hey. <laughs> one in six in park or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm free. <laughs> right. Right. So, introduce your song. I mean, it's faded, like I said. It's all me on the vocals. You know what I'm saying? I want to say shout out to uh, my homies, you know, Isaac Reed, who helped me put this song together, and uh, uh, Mars Blackman, who also helped me write this song. Hey, so Blackman, that's a strong name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> real strong, brother. Okay, so here's Faded, and let us know what you think. Enjoy, y'all. Just take a sip, sip, sip We just getting started Glad you brought some friends Let's get naughty Now just take a hit, a hit Can't get tired And turn up real quick, quick Cause we tryna get faded Get faded, get, get faded Get faded, get, get faded Get faded, get, get faded Everybody in this bitch tryna get faded Two shots, shots, like what's up, girl? You so damn hot. 
I mean, like fully, like the emotions. Like when you hear your song, you be like, "Real talk." I was crying, <laughs> real sh- like when it came. Like when I, when I when I when I recorded it, I just started crying. So I was like, "Oh, that's me!" Like, yo, I could do this. Was it the glory tear, like that one? Yeah, like nah, it was, was tears. Like, I was like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> like that's me. <laughs> yeah. Ah. You know That's what I'm saying? cool. And then how was the reception? Because I, I spoke a little bit on here, like when I first started, how when you start a business, the people that you feel like are going to uplift and support you the most are right. sometimes the people that don't. How are your fa- friends man. and family? Oh, man, you got haters. Like, off top, like, just the fact that, damn, you can sing? Why, why are you singing? Uh, I don't even sound good. Like, what? You ain't no Chris Brown. I know I'm New Jay. I know I ain't Chris Brown. Like, I'm me. You know what I'm saying? So. Right, with the negative, with the negative thing, it's crazy because like when people see something, I'll be like, "Damn, they know you have potential." You have to hate on somebody to know that. You know what I'm saying? Like, because if they didn't think I, if they think I didn't have any potential, they wouldn't hate on me. I yeah, feel they like. just be like, oh, "Okay, cool." Right, Drake <laughs> said it. Jealousy is just love and hate at the same time. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, and I mean that mental, y'all. Mental health is important. Tell your kids that you love them. Tell your family you love them so right. that when they start doing stuff like that or their cousins or their friends start doing something that they love and put their heart into, they know how to share that love. Right. It's I mean, go a long way. Right. But, I mean, I've gotten positive, a lot of positive, especially from the ladies, because, like, yo, hey, fellas, make music <laughs> yeah. that women can dance to. Like, back that up. Back that ass up. That's, I mean, that's, that's a still, classic, you know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> make these music for the women, I'm yeah, telling you. Yeah, for they real, because the past, like, decade has not been for us. That's what I'm saying. Not they so. buy they buy music, y'all. Women buy music. Trying mm-hmm. to tell you. R. Kelly still got supporters. These bitches was breaking him out of jail. Now, he's a terrible example, but he made music for women. I listen, <laughs> I listen to your stuff, R. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so shout out to New Jay. Go follow him, New Jay Ambitions. Go look for his music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
all of the platforms. What was it? SoundCloud, everything. All that Go good search stuff. him. Right. Go support him. Leave me feedback. I'll definitely share it. Put it on my platform. But before we go, because I, I, I ain't forget. So we got this event coming up called Black Man Don't Cheat. Mm. Black Man Don't Cheat. It's November 11th. <sighs> I mean, sorry, November 11th. It's 11-9. That's what I was trying to say. Um, 11-9. That's in, like, what, a week? That's next weekend? Yeah, next Saturday. And I, for one, can say that that is not true. Everybody's experience is different, so I'm going to speak from my own experience. But these black men... They, they be breaking hearts. My heart is still a little scarred right now. It's bleeding. So, yeah, sir. <clears throat> Us women want to know, since you're making music for the ladies. Boys cheat, okay? Mm. Boys cheat. Mm. Black men love, okay? Mm. <laughs> okay, he, that's all he want to say. Right? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's Nothing else. <laughs> I will say this, though. Just have good communication, men. Like, I always have tried to tell the men that I have dated or that I am pursuing, they pursuing me, whatever is going on, that just tell me what's going on. If you don't feel like you want to be in a relationship yet, that's fine. And a lot of us women feel that same way. We do not want to be with somebody that does not want to be with us. And if you got a woman that's trying to be with you and you ain't trying to be with them, then you run. Shit. Because maybe she a little crazy. So it's like protect yourself and, you know, what's love got? No, what? No. It's a thin line between love and hate. That's some real shit. So protect yourself. But thank you. This, <laughs> this has been Perky of Perky Perspectives with my guest, New Jay. Yeah. Follow me on Instagram at Perky Sexy Cool. Follow New Jay at New Jay Ambitions. Follow The After Party West Side at The After Party on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that. Like, subscribe, comment, rate, and thank you for listening. I do my hair toss. Check my nails. Baby, how you feeling? <laughs> Check my nails, baby, how you feeling?